0: Welcome back to First Class Fantasy. I'm Theo Greminger. Billy Muzio is not with me today, but I'm joined by my friend Andrew Cooper of Fantasy Alarm. Andrew and I have chopped it up here on First Class Fantasy. Press coverage, we've chopped it up on Andrew's uh, podcast. Andrew, you, you and I have chopped it up so many times this year. This is like, I'm not even going to send you a show sheet, but I capitulated nah, nah, nah. and I did send you a show sheet. So, I didn't look um, at it, so yeah, don't worry about it. it. <laughs> that's it. You know, show, you know, it's Alan Sislowski, my co-host of Sonic Truth. Has a very colorful uh, description of show sheets, but it kind of is like show sheets are for cowards, but he uses a different word than cowards. I,
1: I, I was on with him and uh, him and Jim Coventry, and I know how they go with that. Yeah, they uh, they're not interested in that. And hey, I'm with you on that. But I know on the same channel, Matt Kelly, the show sheet is sacred, right? The, the Podfather show sheet is legendary and elaborate. So, hey, you know what? More than one way to skin a cat, right, there.
0: Billy Muzzio is a big show sheet guy. I, I, I'm like a, I do every show sheet. I talk down about show sheets, but then I every show I'm in, I end up sending the show sheet. So like you know, yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I've I've fallen in line. But we have a really exciting show today. The the like the pace of the regular season is over. You churn out so much content at Fantasy Alarm. I churn out a ton of content here at Player Profiler. But I feel like once we get past you know week 17 you have a little bit of the weight off your shoulders in terms of like the continual timeline, a little bit of time to breathe, and then we just dive right into this NFL playoffs. But it's so much fun. We both wrote articles about the FFPC playoff challenge. uh, And we're going to talk about that. We're going to pick a team. We're going to do all that. But why don't you let everybody know what you've got going on, sort of your off-season pace here at Fantasy Alarm?
1: Yeah, so there really is no off-season for either of us, right? I mean, it's just... It's a nonstop schedule. And the good thing is I've been doing this long enough that I have a schedule. So people want to hit me up for dynasty, stuff like that. I'm not into that just yet because I don't play Debbie. If you have a draft before the NFL draft, I personally consider that to be Debbie adjacent. And there are people you can reach out to. Definitely the people that play our profile are already looking at it. You know, the campus, the Canton guys, the JWB guys. For me, what I do is I go deep and on these, uh, these playoff contests so i'm in ffpc i'm in a bunch of the one and duns. i do some of the best balls i do some of the dfs doesn't matter and then i start working on my uh, free agent stuff and then we get the combine of the draft right at the draft we do dynasty by that time we're already back in the best ball i mean i already i sneak in some best ball in march anyway and then it's the scott fishbowl and we're back at redraft man so it really never stops if you just follow me on twitter at coupe fiasco easiest way to get my stuff but Now we keep rocking all year long and I love these playoff contests. So you definitely got to get set up and get going, especially with the FFPC because, you know, this is the one where you can really, there's so many layers to it, right? The weekly version of FFPC, I've been doing it all year, where you make one lineup, can't have two guys from the same team. And that's fun, but that's, that's checkers. This is chess. You make one lineup. It's can't have two guys from the same team, but that has to last you all the way through the playoffs. But again, we'll get to that when we get to that right there.
0: Yeah. And the FFPC playoff contest is my preferred choice for high stakes. I'll play in multiple platforms. I play FFPC, I play NFFC. But I love the finality of the FFPC where I pick it and I'm done. Oh, and that's yeah. it. You, you're locked in. There's no like going in and changing things up. You know, you have the, we'll, we'll get in a little bit more in the rules, but it makes you really kind of focus in on picking correctly the teams that are going to make the Super Bowl in addition to picking the correct players. And then there's so much game theory we're going to dive into about chalk and about how you could be going up with a a contest where being unique versus being, you know, correct. And all sorts of things, you know, kind of fall into place there. But before we get into the NFL playoffs, before we get into anything with the FFPC playoff challenge, Coop, you're, you're a Boston guy. Over your shoulder, you got Marcus Smart. You got the Celtics. You got the Bruins. You got the Red Sox. You got Tom Brady over your shoulder. You know is this is one Pete is right Perry? here. That's is that uh, Pedro Pedro Martinez. Okay, so you got to get a bigger. You got to get a bigger. I got to get
1: a bigger Pedro. We need a bigger yeah. Pedro. And I have. I have. I think there's multiple pictures of Venetari on there. I could probably lose one of
0: those. Yeah, you know, lose lose Vinatieri and have the uh, equal size Brady and and Pedro. I think it's just aesthetically pleasing behind you. But yeah. I, I should you're, just you're give her the whole
1: thing and just have a Manny Ramirez fat head. That's it. That's, that's what that's I really it. should be doing.
0: You have all these people in the, the fantasy industry, you know, Jax Falcone, uh, you know, Matty Kiwum from Player Profiler, and it's it's a very emotional day because there's been a real disappointment with how like the season has turned out for the Patriots last season, this season. Uh, but you know, this is something where Bill Belichick was like one of the I mean, let's let's face it, when it comes down to a Mount Rushmore. Of NFL head coaches in the history of the sport. Bill Belichick is there. When you think of Bill Belichick, I have two questions for you. What's your favorite Super Bowl victory? And what's your favorite non-Super Bowl memory? Because I think when you talk to Patriots fans, you're going to get a lot of different answers on this question.
1: Yeah. So I got to say, I mean, like, so me personally, I'm 34 years old and Bill Belichick's been the coach since I was 11. So I I remember Pete Carroll very briefly as a coach and I remember Bill Parcells. Before that, I barely remember Bill, Bill Parcells because I was like five, six, seven years old. So, like that's it. It's Ben Belichick the entire time, man. And I gotta say that even though the when I was young, beating the Rams, it seemed like an impossible task. When we beat the greatest show on turf. Even even though that was you know incredible, it has to be the Falcons Super Bowl. It has to be the Falcons one because I've never been so down and out, right? I've never been so drunk, to be honest. But I've never been so down and out that at halftime I was just like, what should we? I was going my boys, I was like, what should we do now? Like should we play cards? Do you want to play? You know what I mean? We hung with it. We watched the whole game and they came back from 28 to 3 to win that one. The Edelman catch. The Julio Jones catch would have been one of the greatest catches of all time, but was on the wrong side of the game. I mean, that game just has everything you want, man, in a in a amazing comeback. And it just so happened to also be the Super Bowl. So that's the one for me. That's gotta be the one for me. Uh as far as non uh as far as non on field stuff for Bill Belichick, man. There's a lot of it, dude. I mean, you and I talked before this, and I I love Bill Belichick the character and the 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 separation between who he is when the reporter are the reporters are asking him questions. And even sometimes the way he is when he finally gets a question that he can't answer because he's never going to tell you about the game script. He's never going to tell you about the team. But you know when he gets a question about long snappers in the history, he'll talk for 20 minutes. And uh, you brought it up. I think it, it has to be the Halloween man. It has to yeah, be the Halloween where. Where Randy Moss goes into his office and says, "Hey, you know what? We're having a little bit of a party. You know, I I got to invite you. You don't. I you don't have to come." He's like, I, "You're probably not going to come. It's going to be at this roller rink, the whole deal." And he doesn't think Belichick's going to show. And if, and Belichick shows up with a hottie with him, rocking the. Uh, pirate costume, you know, Randy Moss's SpongeBob. And just seeing him out there skating and doing all that, it makes you realize this is actually a real dude. And even though he is like a football genius and he takes it very seriously, he is kind of a normal person and a cool guy. So, man, it's just – there's a lot of that stuff with Bill Belichick. But that was the number one. That is the number one. And if you go through back through time, there's a lot of those moments. But that one was a big one. For me.
0: Yeah, and I I, I love how – I don't love it. It actually makes me feel – it's kind of like a – it's a very bittersweet day for football fans in general because within the last 24 hours, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban and then Pete Carroll doesn't even, you know, all respect to Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's a legend, but he doesn't He doesn't hit that top two. But if you kind of put the weight of those three guys together, the, the kind of the levity of them all not in the same place, you have such a use to seeing these guys. Pete Carroll was like automatic USC, then Seattle, no break. That's it. Bill Belichick continual at new England. And then Nick Saban, how dominant he's been at Alabama. And I think the thing about all three of them is they have those real personalities and they're completely genuine dudes. Right. You have so many guys in coaching where you they either try to be best friends with the players or they have these robotic, like hard ass, like mentality. And these guys were kind of neither. They were sort of a, a a mesh of in-between because they have like universal respect from their players and they all had their own like idiosyncrasies. But what a like emotional day, whether you're a college football fan or an NFL fan, but like, I just look through like my, our friend Jax Falcone, you know, of, of the undroppables and the undrafted, like he's a Boston guy, like yourself, new England guy. And like, like people are either really mad about this or really, really just sad. And even if people thought that there should have been a change, there's still such a sadness with it. Now, let me ask you this. Would you have kept Bill Belichick and let him ride out in the sunset? It's going to be very weird because we both agreed in the pre-show, you're talking about a guy that we both agree is going to be on an NFL sideline next year.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to hear the details of it because it could even come out that it's a a mutual type thing. And you know, that uh, Belichick knew they were going to go with a, a, you know, a rookie quarterback or whatever, and he wants a different, different, you know, scheme. So we, we have to hear what's going on with that. Uh, But honestly, man, it's the same thing with, with Tom Brady, where it wasn't working out. He clearly, you know, I I, I want. I think that he could stay and be successful. I think he go somewhere else and be successful. I'm just gonna, you know, root for him and 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 absorb as much information as I can and enjoy the ride, man. Because it's like we spend so much time speculating, and I I love speculating about where he's gonna go. But when it comes down to why he's leaving and the decision, I, I just I, I just hope that some some point we get to hear that man. Because with some of the stuff like Malcolm Butler, we never heard. So I'm just fingers crossed that we're going to find out why. I will say this about Bill Belichick and about it goes to to us and everybody out there and what you're doing is that the reason that these guys can have the success they have, Saban and Belichick and Pete Carroll, is that they're consistent with what they do. And Pete Carroll, being a players' coach, he has been consistent with that. Right? Like he's consistent in letting guys play, letting them do whatever. It's when you start. When you don't have a plan from the start and you flip flop on things and you change things around, that's when you lose half the people or you lose a couple of people. And then once you lose the couple of people, you've lost everybody. And that's what makes, makes Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, such a great coach. His yes. whole mantra, the standard is the standard and doing things a certain way and sticking by that. That's how you get people to follow you. And that's how you're a great leader. And that goes back to us with the stuff that we do. For a long time, I was just all over the place being like, you know, 10 end articles this week. And I, you know, I forget it next week or I don't do it the following week or I don't have any sort of plan. Ever since I've had a plan and an approach and I tweet my Twitter the same way where, you know, it's like certain topics are off limit. Things have been a lot better for me. So everybody out there, if you want to get into something big and try and do something big and be a leader, have a plan and plan it up front. And and there's a person that gave me that in this industry, that advice. It's JJ Zacharison, where- you know, I saw him at the FSGA and he said that he was like, plan whatever you're gonna do, plan it out in advance. And that's what these coaches do, and that's what makes them so successful. So whatever Belichick does next, you better believe that it's going it's it's well thought out and it's planned well in
0: advance. And also, you can kind of plan like Coop and I to do fantasy football literally all day oh, and then man. at night before you go to before you go to sleep. And it's just like, yeah, but Belichick uh legend, let me ask you this: this is a big one. There's so many head coaching openings right now that before it looked like, you know, Chargers were probably the most likely destination. Where do we think he's going to be a head coach next season? Because I think we both have differing opinion differing opinions of this.
1: Right. So I mean, the the big question, I mean, there's a there's a difference between where, you know, where I want him to go and potentially where he he will end up or where he should go. And and it boils down to whether he wants to be a part. I mean, he's 71 years old. Like, does he want to be a part of the rebuild? Does he want to be part of the rolling the dice on a quarterback? Right. So for me, my opinion is that he should go to the Los Angeles Chargers. And I know that the, and and sorry, excuse me. No worries. With what he does so well, I think there's certain teams that would really benefit from the fact that he is gm adjacent and he is like he can take over everything and completely separate the ownership from the day-to-day right teams like the chargers with spanos and teams like the panthers with Tepper. And even the Cowboys with Jerry Jones, they need somebody to just say, hey, you know what? I got all of this. I'll take it from here down. You just go away. Jim Irsay could use that, too, even though Shane Snyder did a good job there. Like, I'm not saying they're going to go there. I'm saying that, like, at a certain point, you you need to have the owner just completely take a step back from what's going on. And Bill Belichick for those organizations is great. That's why I think the Chargers, where if you really think about it, the most important offensive positions are quarterback. And left tackle, and their quarterback's 25, and their left tackle is 24, Rashawn Slater. And they have Zion Johnson. You know, Corey Lindsley's probably not going to come back, from what I've heard. I'm not sure if you heard anything different, but the hard issue he has supposedly is not going to come back. That's what I'm hearing. But with guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and the contracts and the money they're owed, the contract to some degree, there's a reason they say it's a myth that if you got guys that buy in and you work around it, you can make all that work. And right now they have way better weapons. I mean, those wide receivers, think about it. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston, that's way better than what the, Panther, what the what the Falcons have, way better than what the Panthers yeah. have, better than what the Commanders even have. And the Commanders, are, you know, we know probably aren't going to go with him anyway because they've already kind of decided what they're going to do. But it's like, you know, what are they missing? Running back, tight end, and center? Those are fairly, I mean, center is expensive, but fair you can get a tight end. I mean, he could bring Zeke and uh and Hunter Henry with him. I yeah. mean, they're both they're both free agents. So I mean, I look around and and the problem with the other teams is that in his mind, he probably says, Okay, I'm a great coach. The problem I had was I didn't have a quarterback. So is he gonna go to the Falcons who have the eighth pick and need to trade up to get a quarterback? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll bring Russell Wilson with him he's very good friends with Nick Saban does, you know, do do conversations with Nick Saban lead him to think that Bryce young is a quarterback that he wants to work with, or maybe he wants to avoid that. There's a lot of questions here and where he goes is going to be very telling. If he goes to the Panthers, that tells you that he thinks that that coaching staff was terrible and that Bryce young actually is a good player. So it's very interesting. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you think.
0: Theo. See, I do think it's going to be Carolina because at the end of the day, like the Los Angeles one, you know, he's stepping into a situation that on paper is the best one, but Carolina, he'd have the biggest voice. And it's a complete disaster there where he could uh, steer the ship in the right direction very quickly. It could be a certain thing where year one there, he gets it back on track. Then year two, they take a step forward and Bill Belichick looks like the genius once again. So he's an interesting guy. I don't think this is as cut and dry. Um, I think certainly Los Angeles and him, there's going to be a lot of interest mutually. Um, but I think when it's all said and done, there's going to be a massive payday from Carolina, and and that sort of thing is going to happen. So uh, definitely interested in that one. But what a wild offseason. What a what a crazy day for football and coaches. But we got to talk about these playoff games. We go, We're going to talk. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back. We're going to talk about which player we think could gain the most fantasy value in the NFL playoffs. We're going to go through. We're going to pick each and every game, and then we're going to build uh, a lineup that we think can win a half a million dollars in the FFPC playoff contest. And we're so confident in this lineup that we're also going to enter it in the $35 contest. We're about to win six hundred grand live here on Player Profile or YouTube. We will be right back.
2: Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their Signature Players Championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes... You love Dynasty, you love Best Ball, you love Seasonal Leagues. All types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC. And remember, use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it.
0: Welcome back to First Last Fantasy. I'm Theo Greminger, joined by Andrew Cooper of Fantasy Alarm. And we're going to dive into it. We're going to put together an FFPC lineup shortly. But before we go into that, let's take a bird's eye view. Every single year, you see players, for better or for worse, Andrew, because you you go from having a 17-game sample size, and then what happens now in this short period of time gets amplified, for better or for worse. But you think about guys like, DK Metcalf during his rookie season and guys who just kind of leave their exclamation point on the fantasy playoffs and it makes their redraft value and their dynasty value for that matter rise up who's a guy for you that really stands to gain the most this weekend next weekend or throughout the course of the fantasy playoffs
1: yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen both sides of this, right? Like Gabe Davis four touchdown yes. game had everybody going crazy. But the example I always remember from when I was uh younger was Jordy Nelson, where he was not when they went to the Super Bowl against the the Steelers. He was not a starting wide receiver on that team. It was I actually tweeted earlier they they had a they were they were stacked. It was Greg Jennings, James Jones, and uh Donald Driver. But in the playoffs He came out and went berserk. I mean, in the Super Bowl, he had 15 targets, Jordan Nelson. And then from there on out, he was a star, right? That was his coming out party. So this does happen from time to time. Uh, The thing is, you need to win a couple games for it to truly blow up. But one guy that I think really could explode onto the national radar, if his team can win, I mean, this week, even just one big game might do it for him. But if they can win against the Cowboys, I could see Jaden Reed being a guy where people say, Wow, this guy is awesome. And the thing about Jaden Reed that's great for us for fantasy football is that uh, you know, going back to to Matt Kelly and and the crew on here and the Sonic Truth back when it was him and Nate List, they love Chris Godwin, right? When he was young, but he was a part time player because they had Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, right? So early on, part time guy. Then year three becomes a full time guy. Absolutely blows up. Great call by the player profiler crew, right? In the in the Rotor On Your World channel, Jaden Reed like despite him being all over our fantasy radar, only has played like 56% or so snaps this year, right? Like he's been a part-time guy. Romeo Dubs playing like 80, 90%. You have, you know, uh, when Watson's out, it's Wicks. Like all these guys are fun. But Jaden Reed, like as explosive, he's been scoring 10 touchdowns this year, only a part-time guy. If he comes out and balls out hard here, for better or worse, like you said, next year, a lot of people are gonna look at it and say, wow, that guy was that good with all these touchdowns and the rushing and he blows up in the playoffs and we realized he was only a part-time guy and could be a full-time guy. I think people people are going to be going crazy for Jaden Reed. If he if he has a, even one big game, but if he has a, if they
0: beat the Cowboys, man, it's going to be Jaden Reed mania. Jaden Reed, like I'm officially a Jaden Reed hype man. And I said I think Jaden Reed is heading towards the third round of of redraft next year. And a lot awesome. of people push back and they say fifth round, but no, it's not it's just not going to happen. These guys that steam up, these year two wide receivers, especially somebody like Reed, like this is the fo- going to be the focal point of Green Bay's offense next year. And Coop, you saw the manufactured touches around the line of scrimmage. You also see his nose for the end zone. You also see how he can get get deep. Like Jaden Reed checks off all the boxes. He's a big time athlete, and he it was a second round draft pick. This is not like saying, dude, you know some out of. He checks every box. Chris
1: Godwin, right? It's love, like, love, you your, know, love your, love your, opportunity. On Reed.
0: Reed might even be in our lineup. You got me so hyped for Jaden Reed. Oh, yeah, but yeah. we might Let's we say. might have to. Let's I'll say. say for 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 me like, I, I always Reed was on my list. I always look for the rookies, but you know Rasheed Rice would be an interesting one. Uh, but Jameer Gibbs, I think, is already a 2024 first round pick. I think he could absolutely go nuts this playoffs and kind of rise himself up into RB two overall, which I think right now he's probably not. Um, But I think, you know, he could make a big case for RB2 overall. Uh, That's kind of low-hanging fruit. But the one that I think stands to gain the absolute most is Devon A-Chain. So, like, Miami this week plays against Kansas City. It's a -a three-and-a-half-point line. We're going to talk about that game. We're going to pick who we think is going to win it in a second. But if we go out and see Devon A-Chain put up 25 in this game, 20 points, and potentially they get the win, and he does it again next week against Buffalo, like, we don't necessarily need to see two games here, but if you legitimately are going through and planning out for 2024 and you're picking in the, the back end of the first round, how can you not consider Devon A-Chain, especially if he has a big playoff performance here? The guy averages 17 and a half points per game as a rookie. We don't think Raheem Mostert is going to have this sort of continued success next year. And Devon a is just incredibly explosive, dealt with injuries throughout the year, also dealt with a preseason injury. This could be like forget the injuries I got to have him on my team next year. I'm so stoked for for that Miami uh Kansas City game. Anybody else you got your eye on? Coop is a potential I mean, right. Se-
1: 17 and a half points per game is is bonkers, man. Like okay. if you think about the I mean that that's top quarterbacks all time are, you know, are like 22, 20. I mean, uh LaDainian Tomlinson is like 21. You know what I mean? So 17 and a half is it's I mean it's wild. Right. So that, yeah, guys like that. I mean, and you look around if. Upsets always do it, too. Right. Like uh, like if so, if you see, like I said, Jaden Reed, if they win, if the Steelers win, there's going to be a hero as part of that, dude. like George Pickens. If he has a big game in the playoffs, they're not going to win.
0: They're not going to win. win.
1: They're not going to win. But it's like those are what you want to look for is you want to look for those like hero games from guys that we know are capable of it. You know what I mean? That just come out of nowhere, and it's like, wow, Rashad White, another one. It's like, what if, what if the Bucks beat the Eagles? And that's the thing, you know, it happens every single year. We try to avoid it. We do it in college football too. The guys that play games when there aren't many games left have all the eyes on. Them. So you get that. Uh, I think again. We're on Matt Kelly's channel. So use another word of his vividness bias, right? Where when you're seeing the national championship game, it's the only game on TV. You remember that, right? You remember those big games. So when you get to the NFC, whoever makes it to the NFC and AFC conference, you remember those monster games. Whereas this round, maybe not so much, right? When Gabe Davis does against the Chiefs with four touchdowns, which, you know. Let the record show he didn't have any catches until Tyron Matthew got a concussion in that game. So maybe that game doesn't even happen if the circumstances aren't right. But you know, it could easily happen. So you got to you got to mention all those guys that are kind of just hanging around. uh You know, even I mean, I could go one last deep name is what if Jamison Williams has some big plays? There you go, some monster plays, right? Like, what if he has a three touchdown game? Then all of a sudden we're like, wait a second, now I remember. This guy, which is her. And now he's got a full-time job, and we'll say. So, you know, a lot of those guys floating around.
0: Show title is now Andrew Cooper says Jamison Williams is Nico Collins of 2024. Clip clip uh, just it. clip it. Just clip it. Uh so let's let's get back to the FFPC playoff contest. Because yeah. I have this ready to go. We're about to look like this and pick a team. But before we do that, the way this contest works is we're gonna pick a team. And this team is going to be the team that we have throughout the playoffs. You're only allowed to pick one player per team. And the way that works out now with the expanded playoffs is there's going to be a team left out. Excuse me. There might be two left out. Uh, when we do the contest, we'll figure it out. It's two left out. It's two left out. And I highly encourage you to read Coop's article at Fantasy Alarm and my article here at Player Profiler. If you're choosing to jump into this contest or the FFP in general, use the code Underworld. It gets you $25 off. So if you sign up, you could put an entry into the $35 contest for $10 with with the sign-up code Underworld. But when we do this contest, Coop, there's one big caveat. It's cut and dry for the complete playoffs until you get to the Super Bowl. And in the Super Bowl, we're getting double scoring. So the Super Bowl matters the most. So I think we should go through, before we build this lineup, let's come to a conclusion on the teams that are going to win this weekend. So let's pick the winner and then let's pick the the player that we think will be the biggest fantasy standout. We might not use that player because when we get to it, we're going to talk a little bit about chalk and, and roster percentages and all that fun stuff. But let's start out right at the top, the first game of the weekend, Saturday afternoon, the Houston Texans. The, the point spread is down to two. Houston is a two-point underdog at home with C.J. Stroud behind center, against Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. So home dog, but a short home dog.
1: Yeah. Let let me lay one thing out for, for the people doing this. Um uh, yeah, yeah, so we want we want guys that are in the Super Bowl, obviously. Well last year if you had Jalen Hurts, you crushed because he had three rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. But the year before that, Josh Allen actually was the quarterback to have and he only played two games. He yeah. just had nine touchdowns in those games. So you don't need your quarterback in the Super Bowl, but you need your quarterback to go deep, right? So the, the couple of the quick caveats are you need your quarterback to go deep, right? And in the first week, this week, we're going to be picking 12 players out of 14 teams. That means six teams are going to lose this week. We're going to have two teams we're not picking. There's going to be two teams that ideally will have our kicker in defense. That gives you an advantage of your kicker and defense lose this week. And then we're going to lose two flex players, no matter what, no matter how you slice it, you lose a minimum of two sex, two flex players. And if you lose four flex players, you're in big trouble. So you really don't want your kicker and defense moving on. So just because we're picking a team to lose doesn't mean we not, we might not want to pick a star oh, player from
0: that team. Right. Without a doubt. That's a yeah. great, great point. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, to, to your, to your point, like, The quarterback is the most, we can both agree the quarterback's the biggest driver here. Huge, huge, it's everything, it's everything. Yeah, so you can't really, like, when we talk about getting unique, what I mean by getting unique is we don't want our lineup to look like every single person's lineup. A shout out to Darren Armani, our friend who runs Fantasy Mojo. He tweeted out what he thought would be the chalk selections. And there was only one player that I had a little bit of pushback on. Question is to you, who do you think is going to be the most commonly used quarterback in this competition? Because he says it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Baltimore, of course, has the one seed. But I think when it's all said and done, I think quarterback, there's not going to be a true you know, push-you-over-the-top chalk play, because I think there's going to be a number of people using Josh Allen, right. a number of people using Dak. Uh, I think Brock Purdy is going to be a pivot to a Christian McCaffrey for a lot of managers. Who do you think will be the chalk play?
1: So I think that the more people look at the scoring and and think about the contest from the from the standpoint of having a, like if the, the fact that Lamar Jackson has the bye week is gonna scare people away, even though it shouldn't, because the Super Bowl counts as double. Whatever yeah. whatever team, you know, you think goes to the Super Bowl is who you should be picking to some degree. But this 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 uh format is custom built for Lamar Jackson. Uh, sorry for, for Josh Allen, because not only is it four point passing, right. And and six point rushing, but it's only negative one for turnovers. So when he does that arm punt that he likes to do on third and long and just throw it down there, which actually helps the team in some cases, like last week where, you know, it's third and long and he chucks up a pick and the guy, you know, takes a knee in the end zone, they gained 15 yards on that. Right. So when he does that, it doesn't hurt you as much in year. So I think, you know, it's between Josh Allen Lamar Jackson, some people have Jalen Hurts, but I honestly, I could see people going Lamar Jackson, but I think Josh Allen at the end of the day is going to be the most rostered player.
0: Interesting. And I I think I'm kind of with with you on that one because I think there's a lot of love right now for a Buffalo Super Bowl as well. Um, But let's go ahead and and let's let's go ahead and pick these games. So Houston right now, uh, short home underdogs. They're plus two at home against Cleveland. Joe Flacco against CJ Stroud. Very, very cool game. But this is a tilting game, and the, the team that wins this game is going to play Baltimore next week. Which way are you going here uh, with your pick for the, who's going to win? And give me a player that you think will shine fantasy-wise.
1: Yeah, so honestly, I think that the Browns are going to end up winning this one. a lot. And it's not sexy, but a lot of times the team that's you know better in the trenches, better on defense, they win the game. And I, I love what the Texans have done on a quick turnaround you know new coaches across the board, D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slowick, but it's not quite there yet from an offensive line standpoint or a defensive standpoint. So I think the Browns do pull this one out. That doesn't mean I don't want to use players from these teams. And uh, one quick uh, word of caution to people out there, you don't so I had a few people that said, oh you know what they can me there here's my roster. and they said, okay, the winner of this game plays the Ravens most likely. so I don't want to have uh I don't I don't want to have these players going deep. And they say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Browns defense and use Kaimi Fairbairn, which my response to that is you're guaranteeing one of your kicker or defense move on, which means you're guaranteeing one of your other flex players get eliminated. I wouldn't do that. So for me, I look around in week one and I kind of like the idea of David and Joku going crazy. I completely agree Browns. with
0: you. Yeah. And David and Joku, I think, will be chalk. I actually think most people are gonna use him or the Browns defense, and I think that it doesn't matter. Because right. he he has the potential in this tight end. FFPC, again, everyone, is tight end premium scoring. So it's PPR with an extra half point for, half point. for tight end. So Njoku is capable of putting up a 30-pointer. And if Njoku goes up against Baltimore next week, I actually think Cleveland would be a live dog in that game. I love having Njoku in this lineup. Njoku seems like one of those guys who's chalk, but correct. So right. what, we, we're we both on the same page. Let's, let's move on here. And for let's... Texans, I do think fairbairn is an interesting one though because it's a home game against a very a very good defense let's keep him as an option anybody else you want to consider out of the houston texans uh just to keep on our notes
1: yeah so i'm not gonna go we're not gonna go stroud so and, and i don't like singletary going up against the browns and then potentially the ravens to be honest like i like his usage but it's just it's too off the beaten path i mean just for example Here's last year's lineup that won the $200 contest. The one that won the $35 contest was, was wild. But the one that won the $200 contest, I mean, stop, stop me when I say – or or here, let me. I'll say the names and you tell me if it's Chalk or not. Quarterback was Jalen Hurts from last year.
0: Pretty Chalk. Yeah.
1: Austin Eckler. Chalk. Christian McCaffrey. Chalk. Jamar Chase. Chalk. Justin Jefferson. Chalk. Travis Kelsey. Chalk. CeeDee Lamb. Chalk. Saquon Barkley. Chalk, Stephon Diggs.
0: It's straight up chalk. You are giving me all the chalk.
1: His kicker was Justin Tucker.
0: It's complete <laughs> chalk. It's literally right. chalk.
1: And then his two other picks were Christian Kirk, which you know, I mean, you didn't have to pick a a, a, a Jaguar, but he was probably the best
0: one. And, and you got then the second game, you got the second game. because You got the second Los game. Angeles. Yep.
1: And then his throwaway was just he just picked Miami defense.
0: Who actually turned over Buffalo a they few did times? Okay. They did okay. And didn't they have a? They yeah. took one to the house on a, correct me if I'm wrong, did they take one to the house on a return or something wild? Yeah, I don't remember was, exactly. It,
1: there was something like that. Yeah, yeah. something. So, so you
0: got,
1: yeah, so it was that. So that one was pure chalk. And then the one that won the $35 contest, which actually, if the person is doing what we did and put that into both contests, that he would have won both because his $35 team – the third, the winner of the $35 team scored the most points overall. That one was the, was the opposite. He had four tight ends in the lineup, four tight ends, right? So I'm, it's like you can go either way with it. I, my opinion is to is I'm thinking let's get as much like slam dunk chalk in there as possible, and then the difference maker might be – like we have, we have David Njoku in there, and in our minds right now, he's our tight end, but that doesn't stop us from having – two tight ends or three tight ends or something like that, where, you know, it might even be all the best players from the matchups, but at the end of the day, people aren't thinking that way. They're thinking I need one tight end. And then now I start a bunch of wide receivers. So little things like that, man. So let's get those guys in there and let's move on to the next game.
0: Yeah. I do think that there is some, that's an interesting conversation because you are the tight end whisperer and I play a ton of tight end premium with the FFPC. I do think it, you, you reach a point where occasionally you see a three tight end build that's really, really strong. And I will say this year is chock full of very strong tight end options in this, uh, in the NFL playoffs in general. But I feel like once you start going too tight end crazy, then you get it limits your, it. it limits your upside. Right. You, you know, you those want, guys, well, yeah.
1: What you want is, cause, cause we're looking for single game, single game specialness, right? Yeah. So that's why David and Joku, even if you're starting Joku and then you still go with a Nico Collins. Like it's tight end premium. So you look at T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson last year had ten catches for he played one game. Ten catches for one twenty nine, which is twenty seven point nine points. Right? Like if Dalton Schultz last year had two touchdowns. Like uh, the tight ends are capable of these single explosive games. Where if they get eliminated, okay. Some of our flexes need to get eliminated. Some of our players are going to be eliminated. Two of two of our players are going to be eliminated no matter what. So. That's why I don't mind it for for this, but yeah, again, you don't want to go too crazy. But I mean, we were very close to having a situation where I was starting five tight ends. You know. if Sam Laporta doesn't hurt his knee and Evan Ingram makes the playoffs, you oh. know, you know I'm going you know I'm going insane with tight end because you know I could easily go Kelsey and Joku Laporta Ingram, and then uh, and then throw in a Dalton Kincaid. You know what I mean?
0: So let's let's move on. So this game, Kansas City, Miami. We dropped these videos for player profiler with our Super Bowl picks and our wild card picks, and I picked Miami to win. And then Vegas is like Theo, not so fast, my friend. Line pops Mm. from 3.5 to 4.5. So right now it's Kansas City minus 4.5. It's going to be very, very cold in Arrowhead. And Miami last year with Skylar Thompson nearly upsets Buffalo. Uh, you know Kansas City, for as many offensive issues they have, first of all, Andrew, who's going to win this game?
1: Dude, I think – Honestly, if they were, if we were allowed to play this game in a dome, then I would Miami. be on board Miami. But it's the it's the weather, man. Have you seen it? it gets away. the forecasts are getting Awful. worse. Usually they come in and the forecasts are bad, and we go, oh boogeyman, and then they ease up as we get closer to the game. It seems like it's getting worse, man. It's gonna be yeah. uh, it's gonna be that weather that's like mean. You know what I mean? I'm not sure, if folks listening, if you ever played football, but like there's a certain point where you just don't want to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like where it's just like the prospects of 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 getting hit in that kind of weather is terrible, and the ball doesn't feel the same, and the ground doesn't feel the same, and that's what they're saying for
0: this week. So, so there's the, the Miami though is interesting because the overwhelming chalk is going to be Tyree Kill. How yeah. can you not play Tyree Kill in the revenge game against his former team in his old stadium? It's it's almost poetic, but I think this is actually the the this is where we could potentially pivot. Do you feel that way, or do you think this is a you want to cram Tyreek Hill into the lineup?
1: So I kind of want to, I kind of want to just jam him in there. Let's, I say we leave this for a flex. So to leave this
0: for, leave this I, for a flex. Then let's, let's more Miami. We'll come back to it.
1: What I'm doing in my, in my one and done leagues, I'm starting HN because that's who you want to start. Right, yeah, that's who you want to go with. One. I'm using in my one and done leagues because most it's banged up. And I'm and I'm like, okay, if most dealing with a knee issue and we have one game and it's a game they might not even win, I might as well go with a chan here, knowing that if they do win the game, I still have Moster in my back pocket. I still have Tyreek Hill in my back pocket. If they lose the game, maybe I still get one good cold weather game. And all I need is a chan to outscore Tyrick Hill for one game. And now I have a leg up on all the tight ty- end, all the Tyreek teams. So in one and done, I'm going that way. In FFPC, I'm kind of looking at it and saying, well, there's a world where if I don't have Tyree Kill, I just flat out lose, and that scares me.
0: So then let's leave. We we'll, we won't pick a Dolphin yet. We'll we'll do it in a minute. I have Kill yeah. and a, and a HN as as choices for us. Well, how about Kansas City here? I know. So the ultimate pivot move, the ultimate the ultimate pivot move right now is this is the first time in quite some time where Patrick Mahomes might be like quarterback five in right. in terms of roster percentage, quarterback six. No one's going to use Mahomes. I think the overwhelming chalk, even though he hasn't been good, the tight end premium, Travis Kelsey, they know they're going to get the home game. I think Kelsey's going to be chalk. I doesn't excite me. It might not be wrong, but it doesn't excite me. I kind of like Rasheed Rice here. Your thoughts on a Kansas City Chief? In and my... I'll, and I'll throw one other option out to you, Coop. If we think the Chiefs are going to play one game, potentially or two games and you think they lose next week to Buffalo, then potentially using a Butker or a chief's defense is not the worst pivot. But if you think that they win too, it, it, the whole thing is, is just game theory. Crazy. Tra- tra-
1: Travis Kelsey historically has done very well against Buffalo.
0: Big time. Uh,
1: I personally, and again, if this were not a tight end premium format, it would be easier for me, but I do lean, I do lean Travis Kelsey. Now the thing with Mahomes is that the format's not built for this type of quarterback. But two,
0: and what Coop means is a four-point passing, four-point passing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like it, it, it. There's the penalty. He takes care of the football, and the guys that it doesn't. It doesn't penalize you for taking care of – for turning the football over. It doesn't matter. Negative one point for fumbles and interceptions is meaningless to me. It, it literally means nothing to me. You know what I mean? So I look at the 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 thing is. Last year, it was Jalen Hurts. The year before that, it was Josh Allen. The year before that, it was Tom Brady. And basically what happened with Brady was he had two or three touchdown passes in every game, and he he played this weekend. So he played four games with the Super Bowl counting as double. So he basically played five games, and he even mixed in a rushing touchdown. So that's what you need from Mahomes. And it, Mahomes is entirely capable of playing to the Super Bowl and having two or three touchdowns so in each game. So if you want to go Mahomes here, I'm in. I'm down. I I don't have a Mahomes lineup, and I'd like to have.
0: It. It's a unique approach. I don't love it. It doesn't excite me. I don't want to do it, it. Puts us. It, yeah, I don't want to do it either. I want to so start. I want to put Travis let's, Kelsey in. There. Let's just put. Let's just put Kelsey in, and let's have something we're both feeling really happy about. And, and, and honestly, not
1: now and and the beauty of this is now that we have Kelsey and Injoku, we our lineup is actually oddly enough they're more unique than many, many lineups because many Agreed. people are going to sit there and say, I have to start one or the other. And they're not even going to go there. Like in joke, if they start Travis Kelsey, they're not, they're going to look at Njoku and be like, why would I start in I have Travis Kelsey So, so look, that look, th- that itself is pretty unique already. I,
0: I I love, I love it. I love it. 30 points from Injoku And then we'll yeah. be like, man, why did we play Kelsey? He got only 15, uh, 14 points this game, but then we could potentially get Kelsey for multiple games and Coop is flag planting, Kelsey having a big game against Buffalo like he always does next week uh so let's keep this thing going we still got to pick a dolphin but we'll save that one uh and we could choose to ignore the Dolphins as well right um the next game to discuss is the easy to layup Buffalo is gonna beat the Steelers the line is nine and a half the line is ten the line is big but which Buffalo Bill do we lean towards I have a lineup already that's a Josh Allen lineup Okay. And as chalky as it is, I think Buffalo is headed to the Super Bowl. That's just the way I see the thing laying out. But there'll be a lot of Josh Allen lineups. I think James Cook is interesting. You brought up like James Cook. And also Mojo is talking up how he thinks Stefan Diggs is going to be the chalk, despite Diggs having a really, really poor end of the season. Which way are you leaning? Which with the Buffalo Bills?
1: I'm gonna have a few. I'm gonna have a few lineups with Kincaid,
0: so we don't gotta do Kincaid here.
1: I say we go uh, Josh Allen or James Cook, and I'm down for either. I love the idea of James Cook. Uh, you know the 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 his pass catching ability in a full PPR format and the way he's played as of late, and he's also capable of of monster games. So I'm either down with Josh Allen or James Cook. If we don't Let's- go with Josh Allen, are we going with Lamar?
0: or we're going with an NFC quarterback, I would be... Well, When we get to the San Francisco discussion, well, let's talk about it. Because I think the number one chalk play of all chalk plays is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Do you agree on that? Yes.
1: I don't want to use a quarter. I don't want to use Purdy because I don't want to use a non-rushing quarterback unless... They have a possibility of playing four games.
0: Okay, so let's let's then are we going? Let's talk about this. Is there another San Francisco pivot you want to use besides Christian McCaffrey, or is Christian McCaffrey so locked in at such an important scoring position that you feel like we'd be missing out if we pivoted to a Debo or a Brandon Ayuk or a George Kittle?
1: I want to use McCaffrey.
0: Okay, so let's. He's he's the highest
1: scoring PPR position player of all time, and. He's actually, even if you include the quarterbacks in there, he's like three. I mean, I don't need to make an argument for Christian McCaffrey.
0: Say no more. I want to use McCaffrey as well. Um, And I think that this is the kind of one where you don't really want to overthink because you could be playing from behind uh, with McCaffrey. And 49ers have a really nice path here because I personally think, let's talk about this game next. This is the Monday night game, back-to-back seasons of Tampa Bay hosting a Monday night playoff game. Last year, it was Dallas coming in there and beating the hell out of them. Tom Brady's last game. Now, this year, you have a reeling Philadelphia Eagles coming into town. Eagles have been really trending down. And I kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here in an upset. It's kind of a redemption song. These two teams played this exact game earlier in the year, and Philadelphia stomped them. And there's been nothing but you know bad vibes since the 10-1 start. And on the flip side, I think Tampa Bay at home, it's going to be electric, a chance to win, a chance for, like, the Baker Mayfield game of his career. And Vegas is telling us right now that the the current line, and we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, is an even three. It's Philadelphia minus three. So it's like, it seems like a, a live puppy dog. Where are you at on this game?
1: Yeah, I like, so we we said we're going to use Fairbairn, right? And. Yeah if we're going to go that way and lean into that narrative, maybe we do use like the Eagles defense because you can, you want your defenses and your kicker to get eliminated. But if they win one game, it's not the end of the world. If they make it to the AFC or NFC championship, based on my research, you're in trouble. Like you need your flex players and your wide receivers and your running backs to make it that deep. So we don't, you don't want your defense to make it far, but they can win one game. It's not the end of the world for the Buccaneers, man. I feel like in this one, I kind of do want to go chalk with Mike Evans. Yeah, I could be, I could be sold on Rashad White, and I don't know. Like again, yeah, Chris Godwin well, I is I an interesting pivot, but I think Evans has just been so good, man. Evans and,
0: is a smash. Yeah, Mike Evans is a smash. Mike Evans has been so good this year, and, and Coop. I also don't think this is the kind of chalk that's going to get you in trouble, right? Because I think there's going to be people that avoid the Bucks, and they don't necessarily use a buck. I don't think this is like a game where people are like, I have to use one. Right. Um, you know, when you look at the odds to win the Super Bowl, they're like bottom four among all these teams. Um, so I I think Mike Evans will be chalky, but not crazy chalk, and I think he could absolutely shred Philadelphia. Mike Evans is about to be a free agent. Mike Evans is about to be paid. Mike Evans led the NFL in touchdown receptions, and Baker Mayfield is going to have tunnel vision for him in a big important game. And running backs against the Eagles, you know, historically are not scoring as much as wide receivers uh you know in a huge disparity here so i think we lock in a player we both like in mike evans and yeah. let's 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 leave philadelphia off now they're potentially now. our defense yep yeah
1: mike so mike evans it's like if you're if your players are going to lose historically i'm looking through all the all the numbers and there's so much chalk and then there's guys that just had monster games right like gabe davis four touchdown game uh 2019 raheem most raheem moster for the 49ers four touchdown game like if 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 we're going to have a guy that could potentially lose in the first round mike evans is absolutely capable of having 150 yards and three touchdowns in a losing game right yeah. like that's that's what you want you want a guy to go out in a blaze of glory if they're going to lose
0: so that's that's a, we'll lock that one in it's it's going to be you know mike evans that's a play for us it's locked in we're going to consider the eagles defense quick question in the chat that we kind of glazed over albert in the chat is asking us Thoughts on using Isaiah Pacheco?
1: Albert, what's up, dude? Anthony, what's going on, man? Toronto Dave in the chat. What's up, guys? Yeah, I mean, Anthony also seeing, you know, Ryan Voltz and everybody hanging out. Uh, Anthony has been throwing out names all year in my chat on on Coop's uh, fantasy football fiasco, and I know Albert's been hanging out too. Britt Flynn is really down on – is in on using Pacheco. He does have that one game upside where, like, you know, he's had – multiple games this year with 150 plus yards from scrimmage. I just I I don't I have a hard time going with going with Pacheco because I think if if the put it this way, if the Chiefs are going to go deep, I want to have Mahomes or Kelsey. And if the Chiefs are going to lose this week, then they're probably not going to be running the ball a ton. That's the problem that I have is that like I can create a world in my mind where where Travis Kelsey has a monster game and they lose. I It's hard for me to envision a world where Pacheco goes nuts and they lose to the Dolphins. I just feel like Mahomes takes the game. If they're losing, Mahomes just takes the game in his own hands. So I don't know. I I, I personally, I, I feel like it's got to be Mahomes or Kelsey.
0: I agree with you completely. I think it's, you know, I like the idea of Pacheco as well, but I think it's it's trying to maybe get a little too cute. Um, I, Let's talk about, Pittsburgh, though, real quick, we have uh, we have James Cook or Josh Allen as the Buffalo Bill. We're going to use depending on how we go through here. um I'm on George Pickens as the Pittsburgh Steeler that I would be interested in if we use a Steeler. Are you on that path as well?
1: Personally, I've been using either the 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 Steelers defense or nobody. To be honest, okay. yeah, because the Steelers defense again, we want them to we want your team to lose, but like again, you I'm looking around and I'm saying okay. Turnovers are only negative one, so it doesn't hurt Josh Allen, but he is a turnover machine. Is he not? Like, we're looking for, and he takes sacks. He takes sacks that don't even look like sacks. Like, he scrambles around a bit and then gets tackled two yards short of line of scrimmage. Like, that's still a sack. So, like, I look at the Steelers and a 36 and a half point over under and think to myself, you know what? Like, the Steelers could gracefully lose this game with the defense having the exact kind of game I want my defense to have, which is, you know, TJ Watt gets after the quarterback. Josh Allen throws a stupid interception or two and then they lose. And then, you know, that's exactly, that's all I want out of my
0: defense. So let's leave Pittsburgh and and Eagles under our defensive options. Let's keep this going. Green Bay and Dallas. Now this one's pretty cut and dry. I think if we use a green Bay Packer, we both love Jaden Reed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put him on the list. Um, We talked about him a little earlier as a guy that we both think could rise up. He's, the most fun play for green Bay and you know the pretty much makes the most sense too. now Dallas is interesting coop because you have the wide receiver one overall on the season in CD lamb and then you have top three quarterback in Dak Prescott
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if you're betting on it let's 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 take a step back how far do you see Dallas going because I think they can make the Super Bowl
1: they easily can I mean they're the fourth best odds people are kind of discounting like the teams that get the bye week are always going to be like plus 200, plus 300, right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've ever seen a bye week team be like plus 500, you know? And then the best teams are going to have like plus 650 odds, plus 750 odds. I don't have it in front of me, but the Bills and the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl are probably our last I checked, they're right there. Yeah, so right the there. Cow- Cowboys are. Probably, you know, they're they're a top four team minimum in Super Bowl odds, so you have to consider them as a team to go to the NFC Championship at the very least. The thing again, Dak falls into that category where if I I'm only picking Dak if I if the Cowboys are the team I think goes to the Super Bowl, and in this case, it's possible, but I'm not doing it. I'd rather the other part of it is that that doesn't have to be the case, right? Because the Rams went to the Super Bowl, and you know, two years ago when the Rams and Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow was not the quarterback and neither was Matthew Stafford. The yep. winning players were Jamar chase and Cooper cup. And the quarterback was Josh Allen. In fact, nobody with those quarterbacks made any money. Right. So it's like, you, you got to factor in the possibility that even if they go to the Super Bowl, CD lamb is still the better pick or Tony Pollard is a better pick. Probably not Jake Ferguson. But.
0: Let's go devil's advocate here because we've had three 40 point home performances for Dallas in like the last 10 games. And now they have a home game against Green Bay. Looks like a shootout, high total. Dallas is a big favorite. Dak could put up a number. Then next week, Dallas will be playing against Detroit. Again, a difficult game, but a team that they've already seen and, again, will be at AT AT&T Field. Then they would be a chance for a third game against San Francisco, which would be a very difficult game, but a game where we'll say it's going to be like San Francisco minus three, minus San Francisco minus three and a half as as the line. So I might get three games out of Dak. And this might be a situation where he still could be the leading leading quarterback scorer um in, in this entire contest. So uh, I'm I'm interested without in, in the mobility.
1: This- I, you need your quarterback to play three games without the possibility of having a game with multiple rushing touchdowns, though I just have a hard time with
0: it. That's where I'm so at. then let's let's move on from this and let's go with let's go with uh C D Lamb as a player that we both really, really like. Yeah. Um. and we're, let's lock him into our lineup. So, so far, our lineup is Christian McCaffrey, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, Travis Kelsey, David Njoku, and Kaimi Fairbairn. We are down to Philadelphia or Pittsburgh as our defensive choice, and right. we have right now uh, James Cook or Josh Allen is going to be the player we use from Buffalo. Now, let's talk about the, I think, the most fun game of Easily. the entire weekend, Matt Stafford revenge game. The Rams are absolutely red hot. They go into Detroit. The line is tight. It's a three-point favorite. Detroit Lions against Matt Stafford, who's won a Super Bowl and holds all the records in Detroit. There's going to be a lot of, like, mixed emotions for the, the Lions fans. there. happy to see Stafford again, but also view themselves as a Super Bowl winner. You have multiple options on Detroit here. You have multiple options on L.A., Mojo Fantasy Mojo Darren Armani is projecting Kyron Williams to be a chalk pick, and he's projecting Amon Ross St. Brown to be a chalk pick. Uh, I think this is a chance for us to get a little bit different. Who wins the game first of all, Coop? Yeah,
1: this is tough, man. I I think that the Rams win this game. As crazy as it sounds, man, not having Laporta and again, you know, going back through, Jared Goff has had good games, even when Laporta has down games. But just not having him out there at all is gonna be rough, dude. Because you know. This team, you have to remember the Rams, you know, Brad Holmes was the head scout that helped build the Rams and, and got Cooper Cup. And then he went over to the Ray to the Lions and kind of built the same thing. But these Rams have faced Cooper Cup, a Cooper Cup style offense for a long time. And that's what this Lions offense is with Amon Ross St. Brown. People other than, players other than Amon Ross St. Brown are going to need to contribute in a big way in this in this game. No question. Because like they know they know how to work with that. So I think the Rams can pull this one out, but I'm treating it the same way I often treat a lot of these matchups in saying I just want the best most explosive playmaker on each team. And with the Rams, that's sorry with the with the with the Lions, that's Alamarce Brown. You know, you can make a case in in one and done leagues I love going like Jameer Gibbs knowing that I have David Montgomery in my back pocket, but in this case I'm going with Almon Brown with the Rams. There's a bigger question because you have Huka Nakua, who's been amazing, Cooper Cup, who is a uh, who could easily outscore Puka Nakua, and then you have Kyron Williams, who has seven straight games with 100 yards from scrimmage, which is exactly what you want. Is you want a guy that's capable of monster not even just consistency. If they do win, but monster games if they do lose. So honestly, I'll I'll make the easy pick with Almon Brown. I'll throw it back to you to get your opinion on the line.
0: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna lock in Amon Ross Saint, we're gonna lock in Amon Ross St. Brown. And then when it comes to the Rams, you bring up some interesting points. I think Kyron Williams is gonna be widely used throughout right. this contest. And I think there will be some Cooper Cup goodwill where he's gonna be a little bit more rostered than you would think. Right. I actually think Pukenikua, it's not fun. Where
1: almost not not sneaky enough.
0: Right. It's not sneaky enough. To be worth it. I think Pukanakua is the one you want. And I think Puka Nakua is – Kup, here's one for you. Puka Nakua uh, needs like 92 catches, and he breaks the the all-time NFL record for most receptions in his first two seasons in the league. This is going to be like the – we talk about guys rising up. Puka Nakua is already right at that 1-2 turn for like redraft next year. I think he locks himself into the first round. I think he has a really big game, and I think he could have another big game in, in week two. Um, and I think that Nakua is the one that I want to kind of stand for. Um, it right. does leave us with a hole at running back yeah. where we're going to have to cover yeah. that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does. And the thing is, it also protects us to some degree having Nakua and Amara St. Brown because one of them's going to lose. And it's not like, like you could – if the game script goes awry, right, and Kyron Williams, they just can't run the ball at all, and it's very tough to run the ball in the Lions. If you lose with Kyron Williams, then you're in trouble. Right. Like if he loses week one, but if you if you have two two wide receivers and it goes to a shootout and one of those teams loses, you know what? It could be, you know, it could be great. I mean, one of these teams has to lose. So you're going to lose one of these guys anyway. You might as well hope for a shootout where, you know what? Both guys went off and one of them goes off in the sunset. So I don't mind at all. But, yeah, running back. That's the real question, man, because we need we're going to need somebody. Uh, And that's where, you know, we look back and say maybe it's Isaiah Pacheco. Maybe it is. Maybe it is Devon HN. Maybe it is Aaron Jones. So it's those three cats that, that we're thinking about. And I, I'll tell you, a lot of Cowboys fans, Chris Sellers and Britt Flynn, have been telling me that, uh, you know, and, and and when unless you're a fan of a team, you might not pick up on these little things. Like I know all the Patriot killers that just show up and they cause havoc, but people might not know that if they're not a fan of the team. Cowboys fans are telling me that Aaron Jones is like the devil to the Cowboys. They're saying that he goes and crushes the Cowboys, but you know, whether that narrative holds They're they're saying that this guy's a problem for them.
0: Okay. So we'll put him in, in consideration with, with uh, Jaden Reed. Um, We have a hole at running back. We have a hole at quarterback. We have one more flex to fill and we have our defense. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens, which is the one team that we haven't talked about. They have the bye week. This is a weird team because you have a couple options here. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is gonna be a heavy chalk. Uh, and we do need a quarterback. So our, our basically our, our quarterback decision right now, Coop, comes down to Lamar versus Josh Allen. That's gonna kind of right. steer the ship of which way we go at running back, because if we're gonna go Lamar here and we think Lamar gets to the Super Bowl, which I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Right. They're well, really, really good. They're yeah. really good.
1: They're a very complete team. That's what's that's what sinks We should pick, we probably should pick the quarterback based on I mean the, here's the problem. Well, and here's why Lamar is gonna end up being the chalk. That that and why I think the the thought process goes that way is that once you put Josh Allen in there, now you have a hard time picking a Raven because I'm not gonna start Gus Edwards, I'm not gonna start Justice Hill. Isaiah Likely is I think honestly Isaiah likely is the second best option because it's tight end premium. Zay Flowers, uh, I mean, man, I only am picking Zay Flowers if I think the the Ravens are going to lose in the second week. That that's my narrative. Like, okay, if I think this team is going to lose, I'll pick Zay Flowers. You know, but, I,
0: I have a I have a lineup where I have a lineup where I picked the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I believe their defense because I thought Cleveland could upset them in week two.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's but, see, that's not that's not crazy at all.
0: Here's the here's the other thing: if Cleveland plays Baltimore in week two. I think that's a real, real game. But I think if Houston goes into Baltimore in week two, it's a woodshed game and a wake yeah. up call. So it's almost like, you know, that first game tilts this a little bit for me. Baltimore also, if they would get by the next week, they would get to play against presumably Buffalo, Kansas City coming off of playing one another in Baltimore, where they've been very, very strong. I mean, you think back to like that that Lions game where the Lions come in and into Baltimore, and Baltimore just completely woodsheds them. There was a couple of playoff teams that came into Baltimore and just got woodshedded. So I don't know. For some reason, like the my heart is saying fade Baltimore, but my head is saying that they're good enough that they can make it to the Super Bowl.
1: Well, I, th- I think that's why I like pick- making multiple lineups because in this particular lineup, we have to factor in game theory. Right, Theo? So look at what we've done so far. If we think that Baltimore is going to lose and we're going to build around that, then we need to make changes because if I love David Joku, but if David and Joku is a, our player that makes it to the Super Bowl, we're going to lose. If he even yeah. if he makes it to the AFC Championship, we're in trouble, right? We don't you don't want your flex cute tight end play to make it unless he just is you know he has been very good, but he would need to string together three monster games to be worth making it to the AFC championship for us. And if B Fairbairn makes it to the AFC championship, we are smoked. We're
0: so smoked. Well, with this, yeah, with, you with, know, with what mean, we've
1: built already, with what we've built already, we have to be Ravens fans unless we want to change stuff around.
0: Okay. So that comes down to it. You're the, you're the guest here for this lineup because we can go back and change some stuff for this particular lineup. Josh Allen, who is my lean or Lamar Jackson, uh, you know which i have no problem building with lamar as well. I think it's going to be Baltimore or Buffalo <laughs> making the Super Bowl. I think both of these guys could could really lead the lead the the team the, the right way and I think it's also sort of a uh, if these teams played 10 times in Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, I think it still might be like 6-4 uh five you know 5-5. Five, five. I think they're that tight.
1: Yeah, I think in this for this build for what we've built so far because we're already an hour in and we can't go back and yeah, do it again. That's
0: right. And you got to go. We sure. do what yeah. we do
1: is we start. I, I'm fine actually. I talked to Scott. No, no,
0: no. He's, no, Let's do it. Let's yeah, let's, let's do I,
1: let, let's do Lamar Jackson and James Cook. I already hit up. I it was Scott Fish. I was going to talk to you. I already told him we're going to postpone it to tomorrow. I text him. I was like, me and Theo are on one here. Well, me and Theo so are fun. making $600,000 right
0: now. Shout out to Scott Fish. If we win the 600K, you are getting the same edible arrangement. That Billy Muzio, getting. <laughs> Billy Muzio's That's getting. That's right. Same Billy mark. Muzio. You're, you right. missed the show, so you're getting a beautiful edible arrangement, yeah. and we win 600k. Little, the little best, sp- the best one on the site.
1: Little spoiler for folks out there: it's, it's still in the works, so don't don't get too crazy. But. The conversation we're having is we're trying to get Reddit a little more involved in the Scott Fishbowl and Fantasy Cares. So if you're you're folks over on Reddit, stay tuned. We're trying to bring something uh, specific to you guys for that. But yeah, so I say we go Lamar Jackson and James Cook. That fills our running back hole as well, makes our lives a lot easier.
0: Don't you think? Okay, so we've got to go. We're going to go James Cook. So right now, our decision comes down to Miami. You're taking notes, I hope. Yeah, the Miami Dolphin, the flex,
1: and it could go anywhere, and it could be the difference between us making half a million dollars or being losers.
0: So, so let's let's be let's get the easy one out of the way, defense out of the way. <clears throat> do we want to go Pittsburgh or do we want to go Philadelphia?
1: Well, let's well, actually. I say we do the flex first. Let's see the way we just did it. Let's see if we can reverse engineer it based on what we have going on here. Like let's so let's say we have already got. We've got the Ravens going at least to the AFC Championship, right? Yep. Travis Kelsey though could lose this week. If Travis Kelsey loses this week, then it's not the end of the world for us because we would still have Tyree Killer or Achan, and we want Kelsey inevitably to lose to Lamar Jackson anyway.
0: Right? Let's 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 get interesting here and just a little more game theory is without getting too chalky. We we kept ourselves unique already because we have James Cook. Which I think is gonna be pretty unique. Uh Nakua, I don't think is gonna be chalky. We have a lot of other chalky type plays, but it's not crazy chalky. I right. think we could afford a tri- Tyreek Hill if we think Tyree Kill is gonna absolutely blow the doors off uh this, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. It should be Tyreek Hill. I think it it's Kyrie it Hill. Kill. If you twist my arm, I could go Devon H. Yeah,
1: and the thing is, when people look at this lineup next year, because in hindsight, it always looks like the chalk, right? When people look at this lineup next year, they go through, even if they say, "Oh, James Cook was chalk, Christian McAvoy is chalk." When they get down to Injoku, that'll be that's our Christian Kirk. Where the lineup last year that won was chalk across the board, Christian Kirk, and then Miami defense, right? So, like for us, like I don't see why. I mean, ours. If you look at like last year's lineup that won ours is like out there. You know what I mean? Compared to like, compared to what that is because James Cook and Joku are kind of off the beaten path for sure.
0: So defensive and special team wise, which way do you want to go here? And I'll I'll say this to you, Coop, we are ignoring the green Bay Packers. Yeah. And we're going to be either be ignoring. We're either. It seems like we're going to be ignoring the Philadelphia Eagles too. So do you want to go Pittsburgh or Philly?
1: So the thing is, I mean, the, the the Steelers and Packers both they have the bottom two odds for Super Bowl. Like, if you think that those teams go deep, even to the NFC Championship, Toronto yeah. Dave's got it. Put your money up, right? Like, I think the the Steelers is like, you know, 100 bucks to win thirteen thousand, thirteen k, right? So, like. Yeah which is wasting hundred dollars. So I say we go Eagles. I think the Eagles that protects us a little bit. Cause if the Eagles win one game, at least we're, we're pulling some points out of that. Whereas we don't think the Steelers are going to win. one. Like we could still finish in the money. If the Eagles win one, as long as they lose the next round, if, if, you know, the Steelers aren't going to win. So, you know what I mean? Like uh, we're talking things would need to break exactly perfect for us. So I don't know. I like the way this one looks.
0: Yeah, awesome. And this was this was a lot of fun. We're going to enter this lineup twice. We're going to enter this in the 35. We're going to enter this in the 200. Uh, and just to give you a recap, if you're listening on the podcast, our lineup is now Lamar Jackson, James Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, Pukunakua, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, David Njoku, Kaimi Fairbairn, and the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Coop, let everybody know what you have going on over at fantasy alarm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just won $600,000. So I will actually that's technically, right. technically $300,000 minus the the cost of one edible arrangement. Since Two. we're doing do, what well, we're still. Billy, Billy Muzio we're, and, we're, Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> up, so only, only subtract one from mine. idea. Yeah, Billy Muzio and Scott fish edible arrangements. Uh, so yeah. Uh, please address me as such. When, when you do follow me on Twitter at coupe fiasco, right. As a 300,000 air. That's right. Uh, But all my stuff is over there. All my articles are on Fantasy Alarm. All most of my videos are on the Fantasy Alarm YouTube. But I tweet everything out, so if you just follow me, it's easy to find me there. On Reddit, I'm Coop. There it is. You can find me. Like like uh, Theo said, like we do this, and then when we get a break, we go and talk more football. So I probably just today earlier I had a little break. I probably wrote ten thousand words just fighting with somebody on Reddit. So I'm talking ball all the time. If you want to talk ball, hit me up on those platforms.
0: For sure. This was a lot of fun. I'm going to be back again. If you want to sign up for this FFPC contest, use the code UNDERWORLD. Get yourself $25 off so you can join the $35 contest and compete for $100,000 for $10 if you use our code and you haven't been signed up. This was a great deal of fun. Coop, it's always a blast chopping it up with you. Check out press coverage tomorrow. I'm going to be with Jim Coventry and Alan Soslowski. We are going to do a 2024 uh, mock draft. We're going to rank them. We're going to go through. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Anyway, this was uh, a fantastic show, but everybody uh, enjoy the fantasy playoffs. This is excuse me, the NFL playoffs. This is like what you want as a football fan, sit back and enjoy the moment and uh, stick with us here at first class fantasy. We got you covered all season long.
2: Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you